Sports show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is ITC Sports Ball, and I am your man Jerome Spanner. Of course, I'm the prettiest face on ITC, but we have got the regular sports ball crew in here. We've got that hot take spitter, the man who rips like Darline spits. He is the modern day Ali on the microphone. When he steps into your home, all your ladies is gone. He is that man. Hey, you better not have marble floors in that thing either, because we're going to be sliding. It's your boy, Mace. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Are you going gonna to be doing the Tom Cruise, Mace? Hey, boy. <laughs> Slide in there real smooth. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, of course, we have ITC's resident troll. He is that guy that sees fire and he's like, I got this gasoline and gunpowder. What's happening? When you let him into your mind, it's a mistake for all of our kind. He is that man, Daryl. We're taking liver shots like Ryan and we're taking knockouts like freaking Curtis. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Um, and of course, yes, yes, yes. He already referenced it, but we might as well get right into it. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us, share all this good stuff while you are here. But yes, we got to get into the big fight that happened last night, and that is Mr. Tank Davis being victorious over Ryan Garcia in the Battle of the Undefeated Fighters. Daryl, all of us watched the fight last night. What were your overall thoughts on what happened? wasn't a dominating win it was like a heart attack just waiting for someone to get like blown out for a knockout um my honest opinion it was it was very it's like i like how ryan garcia said it he said um literally um he gave too much respect. There was too much respect he was giving. Like he came in clean, uh, going in aggressive, and then he didn't like stick with the game plan. He got a little cocky. But when you're fighting someone that's a little bit smaller, to have that little Tyson aspect to it, you have to be careful because those punches come out of nowhere and. Like Israel did the freaking Piera, it was like the same thing that Tank did to Ryan. That's how, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he put, I mean, Ryan Garcia basically put his hands in his pocket for three rounds and gave Tank every opportunity he needed. Um, 
you can't uh you you definitely can't go into that fight trying to res- respecting your opponent too much there's always i mean these guys talk a lot of trash but at the end of the day man they they know how hard it takes to all the hard work it takes to get to where they are it's not like they just completely discredit one another and things of that nature but he showed he had too much respect for uh tank he um he threw the most punches in that fight but a lot of those punches were meaningless jabs so um if they do have a number two which i, I think they will um I would definitely expect him to let his hands go a little bit more. Um, try to show Tank that, um, let's say, hey, bro, I'm not, this isn't a respectful contest. One of us is leaving in here um, with help from somebody else. You feel me? So I would say my, th- my biggest thing is, is that Garcia had the right strategy. He did. He was keeping Davis on the outside. He was fighting smart, and then when he then when he stepped inside, he was throwing big blows at him. The problem was was two problems, twofold. One, he wasn't as accurate as he needed to be. Right, what was happening after the first round? Uh, you start where you saw Tank complaining a lot, talking, "Oh, he's hitting me in the back of the head and stuff." Da da da. Tank decided to make an adjustment and he said, "Well, all right, well, I'm just going to weave these then. I can't stop you." from hitting me in the back of the head, you know, with the blocking, so I'm just going to weave it. So he started weaving him. Garcia never adjusted. Throughout the rest of that fight, you kept seeing Tank weave the exact same power punch on him over and over and over. But what he was doing, though, he was setting him up. He was weaving and getting out, weaving and getting out, right, until he finally set him up, which was the second part of the problem for Garcia. He should have continually pressed the pace to tire Tank out quicker. Because Tank, look, man, if you just sit back and let that dude dance around the ring like he was doing, you're never going to tire him out. We know he can throw punches all day long. That That's what he does. So he made the mistake, and he never adjusted that punch. So when he never adjusted that punch, Tank said, okay, I got you. I know where you're going. I know where your body's going to be at. And it goes back to actually if you watched um, – when Tank was in his locker room warning, warming up before the fight, they were practicing that same punch that he kept throwing. They kept going back to it over and over and over. You can see, oh, he plans on banging this man to the body. He, he like You can see he, he's trying to hit him with a hard shot and really hurt him with that. And what did he do? Caught him with the perfect liver shot. And hey, credit to Mr. Garcia. You were still trying to fight, but boy, eventually that body just gave out. You was like, oh, oh. Yeah, so like Tank had the right strategy there because I, I think he knew going into that fight he wasn't the the more conditioned fighter. So how do you slow somebody down that you know can volume strike longer than you can? You know, just just you know chop him down, chop the tree down, and that's basically what happened. Um, yeah, man, that. It was a perfect shot. Perfect shot yeah, it to was, deliver. It was, it was most definitely one of the – like when you talk about that perfect body punch, right, when you talk about that, oh, man, that one that's going to put you out, that's it right there. You weave a guy, you see the opening, you see his body stretched out, and you just boom right into the liver. And like I said, hey, credit to Ryan Garcia for even being able to stand up and try and keep going after he got hit 
But we like I think we all saw it when he winced from that initial contact. It was like, ooh, bro, are you gonna stay on your feet? Are you gonna? And then when he dropped, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought he was gonna be able to get back up by the 10, but then when it got to seven and he wasn't up yet, I was like, ooh, he's done so. He's done. Hey, and then on top of that, I I think why Garcia wasn't effective as he should be and why his aggression got turned down, that uppercut oh, yeah. took him off his feet. I think it that was, was a like, Yeah, that was definitely an eye-opener. Like, like I said, he went in with too much respect for Tank. Man. Yeah, he, he should have pressed it. He should have pressed the issue. You're the bigger man. You got to press the issue and just keep him at the end of your punches, though. That's what you got to do. Because I mean, the jab was connecting for Garcia all night, but his power punches weren't um, weren't getting home in in the times that they needed to. Like at the end of those combos, those power punches were glancing blows. They weren't full. Let me get in. Because there was one where he kind of it was a it was a solid shot. But he what his feet weren't set. He had kind of like I maybe I think he had tripped because uh Tank was come was leading in with that foot and staying really close to him just to keep him off his balance. So there was a time where he slipped a shot and he slipped through a punch, but that punch would have been probably devastating. That probably would have put Tank on his butt if he was uh set when he threw that uh when he threw that right overhand. I think it was in the Fifth or sixth round? My, you know, and and also my other issue with Garcia's how he performed was, bro, why aren't you attacking this little dude's body? You could set him up left hand up into the body. You can set him up because you know he's gonna want to. He's gonna want to weave the jab. He was showing you all night. I'm not gonna block it. I'm gonna try and weave it, and that's why part of the reason why you were connecting with it. So he's showing it to you. You know he's gonna lean, set him up, fake it to the head, go to the body. But he really didn't do that, and I think a big part of the reason why that happened is simply when Tank hit him with that uppercut early. It changed the whole dynamic of the fight because uh, if you notice before that, Garcia was super aggressive. He was coming full speed ahead. Tank was out there having to grab because he was like, ooh, my legs is getting a little shaky. <laughs> grabbing, 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 right? And then all of a sudden when he got caught with that uppercut, the whole his whole mentality changed. He was no longer the aggressor. Now he was... I'm Like you said, I'm going to just throw that jab out there. That's it. I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm not going to follow up like I said, jab, body punch. I'm not going to follow up with it. I'm just going to throw the jab out there. Because he was, I think that power really, really weighed heavily in his mind and he didn't want to get put on his ass again. Well, the, the body punch was set up the whole time, too, also, because every single one of them, them grabs that Tank was doing, he was hitting the body, getting some extra shots in. So the whole time he was getting those body shots in. And you could, he was taking a couple heavy body shots every single time. It wasn't noticing, like people weren't noticing. You were only seeing the grab. You're just like, oh, I'm just seeing him grab, grab, grab. But he was setting up punches every single time to that body. That's why that liver shot was so effective, how it was. And he was chicken winging him over here and pounding that <laughs> body over here. Like, hey, Tank, look, 
talking about Tank, his performance was excellent last night. Oh, yeah. He did. He fought the strategy perfectly because he didn't allow himself to ever get frustrated. Even even after the first round where he felt like, you know, Garcia hit him in the back of the head, was, was doing some kind of weird, dirty stuff when they was in the clinch. Even after all of that, he didn't lose his mind. He stayed on track. He kept to the plan, which was, I'm going to hard counter this man the entire fight. I'm going to I'm not going to try and just outbox him. What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep hitting him so hard till he hits the mat. And it worked out for him. But again, it goes back to what me and Mace were talking about. You have to be better than that when you're Garcia. I mean, let's talk about it. Right. So total punches thrown and, and landed in the first round. Right. Well, we'll go round by round. So in the first round, he landed 13%, second round, 23%, third round, 19, fourth, 29, fifth, 14, sixth, 31, and seventh, he landed 40, right? But he wasn't really throwing anything with any with any malice. He wasn't really throwing anything to try and knock that man out after the first two rounds. What like I said, that that uppercut and knocking him off his feet, I think, changed the entire fight. Daryl, do you think? Did you see two different fighters too, or is that just me? Am I seeing something and maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm wrong? Did you see where it seemed like Garcia was two different fighters after he got knocked out? He he wasn't like two different fighters. He was just it was more like the first, like the first before he got hit, before he had the first knockdown, he was he was like, okay, I could push the pace, I can cut the cut the ring off. Let me be aggressive. As soon as he got to the knockdown, it was more like, okay, now I have to freaking literally guard my face. But at the same time, I'm respecting him because I felt that power. But it wasn't like he was two different fighters. It was more like he was being too much cautious and allowing him to actually like, oh, he was thinking too much. That was the problem. He was just thinking. It's like, if you're trying to get this strategy, like he was too busy focused on the grabs. Like if you notice after he got the, after the knockdown, he was so focused on the grabs. You started seeing how like if Tank was trying to grab him, he was in a different position. Like he was like shelling to a certain extent, but it was more, um, more Garcia like, oh, I don't want to get hit again. But I'm still giving him respect, but I'm not going to put no more output out like I was before. Like, I'm not going to keep. But if I get him close, I'm going to wing it. That was the problem. Like, when he had these open hooks, like you would say, like, when you see the replay, like, oh, you got a good hidden. But then you over swung and he's just like raising his hair every single time. So it was more like, hey, I'm I get close and I'm not accurate. And then after that, if he grabs me. I know what to do. I'm going to just turn a certain way. Like he had like too many strategies in his head while he was trying to fight while giving respect. And that was the problem. It wasn't like two different fighters. I would say he was like overthinking. To sum it up for me, I think it just came down to a front runner realizing that he's not in first place when he got hit. Because I mean, it, if you look at Ryan Garcia's fights, I mean, how, how often is he in trouble? Very true. And, and, you know, he gets put down. He realizes that my boy got some power over there. And what did Tyson say? Everybody got a strategy until they get hit. 
I, like I said, I, I expect a, a second fight, and I don't know when it'll happen. You know, these fighters are, they, they drag it out to get the most money they can. I don't blame them, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that that's why I say I felt like he was just two different fighters. Because before he got rocked, he was super aggressive. After he got rocked, he was like, oh, I don't want to feel that again. So, <laughs> hey, man, hey, look, 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 people, I ain't insulting the man. I ain't calling him soft, nothing like that, because you got to be a different mentality to uh, be a, a boxer, a professional fighter, right? But I'm going to tell you something. You can tell when a fighter has changed up because he realized the other dude swinging at me hits a little bit harder than I do. You can tell. So, Hopefully we will end up getting to see a second fight, right? Because that second fight, it, it, I think it'll be more exciting than this one was because Garcia has to come with a different strategy. He has to figure out a way to stay aggressive in the ways that he was early before the knockdown. Because that's the only way he's going to win that fight. He cannot have Tank just sitting back waiting and loading up that shot, that counter shot that hit him with it. You know, like that. that's what Tank does. That's why he is called Tank Davis, because this man hits you like a tank. <laughs> okay. I think, I, I think for, if they, for a second fight, I think he has to utilize the uppercut more because, like you said, he, he didn't, the strategy was not to block the jab. And usually when a guy, when if a guy's moving that head a little bit, the body's still in place. You know what I'm saying? If you can move the head, know, but the body's still there. If you know, if you know, like I said, if you know a guy's weaving your jab, like you the jab has to be the the dummy punch per se. Like it's you, you can't use that jab. You can't point your way to victory versus a dude who hits harder than you. No, no, because eventually, eventually they're gonna they're gonna eat a few of those jabs to get in to really hit you with something. And hey, like I said, that's what Tank did. He he came in he came in through those jabs and <clears throat> gave him something he wasn't ready for. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just I hope we get to see a, a second fight. Just because I like I said, I'd like to see where it could go if if. Garcia is able to continue forward and actually stay aggressive, right? Because I think that that fight was it was shaping up early to be a really exciting, like blow for blow. Like man, we see it's blows mm -hmm. getting thrown fight until that knockdown. After that, you you visibly could see that hey, like you. But but to your point, Garcia hasn't really been in trouble like that in his career. That usually he's the dude putting the other guy in that type of situation, right? So. I think this is a very big learning moment for him. What do you become? We know, Mace, it's basically impossible to be um, an undefeated fighter, right? Like what Floyd yeah. Mayweather did and, and stuff, that's that's crazy. If you look at the history of every other fighter, everybody's got Somebody gonna get you. Yeah, yeah like everybody got one. <laughs> for those who don't realize it, right? We lionize Muhammad Ali. Rightly, we should, right? Because he was one of the greatest of all time. But that man got losses. Joe, <laughs> Fraser knocked him out. So every you know even in even at that level right even at the guy that we continue that we consider the greatest of all time he's got losses. Mm -hmm. So what do you do now? Do you come back stronger from this, Garcia? We will see. 
I hope he I hope he does because I'd love to see a battle between these two in another fight and really see what could happen when we get into those deep rounds and they've actually both been aggressive. I want to see where that is where that could lead to. So hopefully we get to his second fight. But congratulations to uh Tank Davis for continuing to defend his crown and continue to show that he is one of the most pound for pound exciting fighters in the world period i don't care what sport what combat sport you're talking he is what he is a must watch like mace at this point there's there's very few boxers and fighters that i would call a must watch am i wrong for saying tank davis is a must watch at this point oh yeah for definitely for sure because we his style is exciting he's not he's not a He's not he's not gonna overly use the jab. He will he'll test it, he will test where you are with the jab, but he's he's not there to, to point you out. You don't earn the name tank by pointing by <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you 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 are there to put punishment on the other human being in the ring with you. And and you love to see it. I'm here for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we got to keep things moving along here because that was an excellent fight, but we have more things on the docket because it is a spicy time of the year here. But while we're talking about spicy, each and every week, sometimes you have some things that get deep and under your skin that drive you a little bit crazy. There may be some wild stuff that's going on out there in the world. Well, we're here to take a trip into the mind of a madman who sees all of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, the lights went red. This is... Mace's madness. So um, <clears throat> I want to say about a week and a half ago or so, um, the uh, Texas Committee of Affairs decided to suggest that um, civilian, like armed civilians would, would um, start checking people for uh, legal papers. Like, uh, it, it, take a second. We, we've heard the story before. Freedom Papers, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I know they're trying to take history away from us, but, you know, that was a thing. And they're trying to make it a thing again. Um, it's disgusting. But. Why are we trying to make it legal to be racist again, people? I think the direct quote from one of the gentlemen on the on the committee was something on the lines of, I'm not gonna direct quote him. Something on the lines of armed civilians with the ability to ask someone if they are legally in the country if they don't look like they're from the country you know what i'm saying that's kind of that's kind of where that's basically what the committee suggested that um if you a little too brown a little too black you you got to show them freedom papers baby now now me i'm i'm flipping the script on them I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm gonna get the gang together. We're gonna go down to the river 
and the first first person it even got to be any the conversation ain't even got to be happening with me i'm just be ear hustling out there the first person i hear oh my god i'm almost as dark as you show me your freedom papers you don't look like you're from here what's up show them to me <laughs> you ain't got them oh you, oh you want to be dark like us but you ain't got your papers yeah yeah i'm flipping the script on you I'm try like to do it. this i dare you I, I I double dog dare you to try something like this. I promise you, I'm sitting out of I'm sitting outside of every tanning salon I can find. Show me your papers. You don't look like you're from here. Ain't no way. I like it. I like it a lot. You, you, yo, like this is so this is wild. This is one of the wildest things that I think I've heard. I mean, armed militias of civilians. Not trained, not can just. Here's here's my biggest worry: is in a society where we have police, why are we feeling the need to have armed militias? Yeah, armed militias that can just walk up to somebody who they think shouldn't be in the country. Let me see your papers. What? That sounds a lot like racism to me. It is. It is. I mean, it, it is legalized racism. It is. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I promise you, the next time I hear a um, I'm almost as dark as you. Oh, yeah, we oh hey, take this walk with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we got to go see you got your papers on you. You don't. Oh, you don't have your papers on you? Yeah. Come on, take this walk. We got to go, player. Facts. Hey, look. They want to put the law in place. Might as well use it on them. You you dang right. Like I said, I'm going down to the river where y'all like to be. And and <laughs> let me find, let me, let me hear, let me just so much as hear a, hear a, some, I'm dark. I'm getting dark. I've been tanning. Let me see your papers. I need them. If you don't turn red it from, from sunburns, if you get dark, oh, I need to see your papers. I don't know if you're really from here. <laughs> you try me, bro. That's a catch your hands moment. That's what that is. No, they, no, they, they gonna catch them handcuffs because they ain't supposed <laughs> to be here. What you mean? <laughs> Mace going to have the most citizen's arrest ever. <laughs> you, 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 man, you know, man, I've been, I've been all, what? Hey, Try hey. I did. Hey, hey. hey it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of really, uh, really, really angry people. Because uh, when that all gets flipped back on, they're going to be like, this isn't meant for me. Well, who's it meant for then? Right? You know what I'm saying? Because if like, it's not equally applied to everyone, is that not racism? You're, oh, your your name your name don't sound like you from here. Play where your papers at? <laughs> your name is Worcestershire. Oh yeah, you <laughs> yeah, ain't from yeah. here. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let me see Darryl's your papers. Face is killing me. Because <laughs> he's just like no. Nah. He's like, oh no, I can't believe this is real. But yeah. hey, this is America. 
Yeah, that, that you got to flip it back on them. You want to do that? I need to see some papers. Well, <laughs> find me a rock. I'm gonna find me a rock to lay under. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that, that rock better not be too dark because I'm gonna need to see some papers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, this is where we are. I'm, yeah, doing, I, yo, I'm telling you right now, the name of this episode is Freedom Papers. 100%. <laughs> I'm just telling you now. I'm carrying a bunch of reverse Uno cards in my pocket when I hear that. <laughs> hey, that's what Mace is saying. Mace about to hit you with them. Hey, where your freedom papers at? Where what? you at? Oh, you want to play like you, Dark? Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Take this walk with me, player. We ain't doing that today. <laughs> I need to make sure you from here. Gotta, I got I to gotta protect my land. I got to make sure you from here, player. You might be, You might be one of them sleeper agents ready to do something terrible. I gotta hey, find out. You might be from Russia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your last name? Are you from Russia? <laughs> Are you Russian? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. where are you free the papers? Your eyes are a little too blue. Where are you from? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. Ah, <laughs> uh, but each and every week, ladies and gentlemen. We take the trip into the mind of a madman. He drops some knowledge on you each and every week. He points out some crazy things to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mason's Madness. And we got to keep the train moving here, most definitely. And we have to get into uh, the reason Mason's lights are purple today. For those that are watching us on YouTube, we thank you again. Make sure you like, subscribe us, and share us. Um, but Mace. How are you feeling about the Lake Show right now, considering after all that cash money Dylan Brooks was talking, all that, yeah, 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 I'm not afraid of blah, 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 all of that, right? Then my man came out on 17 shots, had 13 points. Thoughts? Actually, Dylan Brooks had seven points on three for 13 shooting. Oh, I'm sorry. I gave him too much credit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, must, yeah, I, I must have saw somebody else's stat line. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Three for 13, seven points. One for five from the three. That that's that's the guy out there fat lipping, talking about LeBron this, LeBron that. He old. Hey, your game is old and, and busted, player. Get it together. Because uh you gonna get ran out of the gym, three for thirteen. Dara, how are you feeling that one of your troll brethren came out here and ended up looking like a clown? I mean, he's of your troll ilk. You know, what I'm saying he he's your kind of guy, he's bro. Cut from he's cut from the same cloth. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling about this, Daryl? I don't feel a damn thing. I don't know. <laughs> It, it, neither one of them are my team, my team. And well, if we want to talk about your team, Mr. The Warriors. Hey, what's going on with Stephanie? And, and while we're here, we got to talk about what's up with your man's Draymond, dog. What's up with your man's, bro? What's up with your man's? He's a self definition of himself. That's all I can say. Huh? He's a self definition of himself. The hell 
that mean? Draymond's Draymond. Why, oh, what's what's the surprise about anything about him? What's the surprise? Come on now. How, how many years we have to keep on going with it? There's always something. I I, I mean just, this. This is the same man that kicked somebody in their family jewels in the NBA Finals. So I guess we can't hey, be surprised man. by nothing. I, bro, Draymond has the most. I, this is the most Draymond thing that can happen. You start the season punching your teammate, and you end the season stomping out your opponent. If that ain't bro, if that's not Draymond, <laughs> listen, bro. If that's not the most Draymond Green thing Draymond Green can do. <laughs> you got a better stump than Steph, Steph Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, this is the this is the most Draymond thing that can happen, bro. I mean legitimately, like why look I get I I will say it out front. Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed that man leg. He shouldn't have. Like that, that was unnecessary. He shouldn't have done that. But also, that doesn't mean that Draymond, who could have clearly just pulled his foot away and stood on one leg and out here trying to sell us these wolf ticks, talking about my balance ain't that great, dollars after the game, right? After the game, you were selling us these wolf ticks. Draymond, you could have pulled your foot out of there and just walked away. But you, you decided you was in a Bruce Lee movie and you want to sit here and finish him. Wow. Like, nah, Draymond. No. Nah, like that. at this point, teams are just sending somebody out to get under Draymond's Draymond Green's uh skin just to uh get him suspended for a game or two. At this point, he's a liability to that team. Oh yeah. At this point he is. Because his offensive value is no longer a net positive. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, before, even with his, like, bad shooting nights and stuff, the fact that he would get all these assists, get you a lot of second-chance opportunities and stuff. Yeah, right? used to, he used to lead the fast breaks a lot of the time for that team, and now it's – where is his offensive value? Not Now, if we're being honest, he's a glorified screen setter. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest. So, Darrell, I have to ask you, you've seen how this series has played out so far. Do you feel like the Warriors are still going to get out of this out of this series? I'm not sure. Whoa, Mace, we haven't heard Daryl's faith wane in the Warriors in two years. So why is it wait like why is it waning right now? I don't know. Well, how much how much longer can Steph just put the team on his back? That's really what it comes down to. Like Steph has to go crazy. We're all they're only getting older. That's all I'm gonna say. Every year by year, everybody's getting older. So all that all that working out, all that cardio, you know, Dream out here being lazy, you know, stomping on people, punching people. You know, he just wants to be a fighter. He wants to be in the MMA. So I don't know. It's like the same thing with the Sixers, you know? People have faith in them. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Sixers, you can't talk about the Sixers right now. I know you hate them, but them boys came out of hand of their business. They gave them boys not a gentleman's sweep. They gave them an old school sweep. They said, sweep your ass right out the playoffs, baby. Hey, Get on out of here. Hey, is there any injuries? Who? Oh, well, of course. Of course, the dog. 
Come on, baby. Come on, baby. We know what it is with the, with the Sixers. They going as Embiid goes. If he ain't ready for that next round, they in trouble. It's that simple. Because we know what a James Harden-led playoff team is. We, we've seen this. <laughs> people, got ain't no, people got faith in James Harden. Ain't no Chris Paul on that team right now to come bail him out. So we know what this is. Look, no Embiid, they home in four games next round. It's that simple. But you just try to deflect. I like the way you did that. But you're gonna ask you gonna answer this question. Why have you lost faith in the Warriors? He wants to sit here and try and hit us with that. Oh no. Why did you lose faith? What happened, Daryl? You was telling us we foolish for counting count on anybody. Like I literally picked the Kings before this whole series started. I picked them to knock the Warriors out. Both of y'all was looking at me kind of crazy. Okay. Especially you, Daryl. You was oh, you think they can knock out the ward? Blah, 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 blah. Now what's up? You know what? I could say I don't know, but at the same time, I can want to say that the Warriors are gonna get out of the series alive. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, oh, oh! Now, now he want to fake some some belief in him. Right? You see this? You see how he tried to he tried to fake that belief? He didn't even believe it when he said it. Hey, you believe in Westbrook? How about that? So, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, now, well, why are he catching strays? He ain't do nothing. Westbrook ain't got nothing to do with and this. He got, you... team, he got the team on his back right now because Kawhi uh, knees. He ain't got no knees. So, <laughs> why you play basketball? <laughs> hey. You see how much he get paid? <laughs> what you talking about? That is, those are guaranteed dollars, fella. Hey, <laughs> okay. Hey, he, if he got guaranteed dollars, he can add some AI to his knees. It might work. Listen, man. Um, <laughs> Kawhi's stealing money. I'm just put it to you like that. <laughs> hey, he, he can get yeah, wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. He's great when he's he's out there, but he can. Hey, you know, mate. You know what? You know what he need to do? He need to go over there and take that Kobe and Dwayne Wade trip over to Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. He need to take that trip to (laughs) Germany and uh, get the (laughs) platinum infusions. Get get that new figured out. Yeah, something. Because that's crazy, man. Like, imagine. If Kawhi plays in even half of the games that he's missed over this however many years since the since the Toronto championship. It's wild. They were because they were talking about it the leading up to the playoffs and then the, the first three games in the playoffs, I think they were saying something like Kawhi was playing like 35, 38 minutes a game, and everybody's like, Oh my god, why is Kawhi playing so much? Like he has to. <laughs> But we know that it can't. We know that it, it's just a matter of time before he gets hurt. So, well, okay. So, since the Toronto series, this is the amount of games he's played each year. So, we're starting at 2019 yeah. 57, 52, didn't play because of his ACL, and then 52 this year. So, Kawhi has no knees, is what that those numbers say to me. He, he has no knee, and 
there's no amount of of anything that you can do to keep that healthy. The only way that Clippers thing ever was going to work was if Paul George stayed healthy because Paul George would allow Kawhi to take a night off when he needs it and then be able to come back the next night. But without that, like you said, Westbrook out there by himself right now at this point because the rest of them dudes is who that is and still in the leagues. So I, I don't I don't see the Clippers being able to come back at all there. I think they're just in a bad they're in a bad situation because your best player is hurt. Two best players is I mean they went into the series with no um with no Paul George. So it was yeah. like a, they got a win in hopes to get Paul George back. Yep. Yep. But we got to move on to another series, though, because, Mace, I have to ask, are you surprised with how this Cavaliers and Knicks series has went so far? No, I thought this was going to be a battle all along. Um, and how I'm, live was how live was the garden for game three? Oof. That was wild. Listen, man, um, basketball is a lot better when the Knicks are good. Because there, there, there are very few atmospheres that can give you the chills just from watching a game, or, or if you're lucky enough to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, when the Knicks are good, basketball is good because it's one of those. It's one of those places where you know you're selling out every time if your team is is good. So. This is one of the better series for me. Um, I, I, this could this could possibly be the only seven game series in the first round. I could definitely see. I definitely don't think it's over for either team by any means. Um, what what the Cavaliers have been able to do um, in the wake of trading everything away and building through the draft, uh, you got to commend them for that. Not a lot of teams do that these days, so hey, I'm I'm looking forward to those games always. It's been a very interesting series to this point, but I do think the Knicks are going to probably win this series. And it's strictly because the Cavaliers are starting to figure out, oh, ooh, we don't have anyone consistently night to night that can get us buckets besides Donovan Mitchell. Uh-oh. Uh oh, we have some guys that one night they're going to be good and then the next night they're going to be kind of bad. But we don't got anybody that's going to consistently be able to go get us a bucket besides Donovan Mitchell, and that's yeah, a lot of pressure. Part, yeah, I think that's guy. a part of the the growing pains of a team that's never been in this situation before. Absolutely. But um, a one one game for a young team can can shoot that confidence through the roof and change the entire perspective true true but I, again i think their problem is going to be night tonight they're going to end up not being able to perform night tonight and that's going to lead to them going home i think within six games if i'm being honest with you so uh the other interesting series though we have to most definitely talk more about is mace things have kind of changed since you know Giannis got hurt in that series. What is Milwaukee going to do? Because at this point, Mason, if, if Gian, we know this about Giannis, if he missed some games, 
I mean, he had to leave the one, and then he missed the next one, right? If that happened, we know he's hurt. So oh, yeah. what the hell is Milwaukee going to do at this point? Um, I don't think they have the firepower to to be without Giannis for a series. Um, we know Miami; they are they're they're a veteran laden team. Um, we, Jimmy Jimmy Butler doesn't. I feel like he still don't get his respect. We know that he can put that team; he can will that team to a playoff victory. Um, without Giannis, man, this is it's it's dark times in Milwaukee if Giannis isn't there. It's just, it's just I'm gonna be real with you because um, Middleton's a, a glorified number two. Um, I just I'm they've been able to get over with great defense and and hustle and and having the best player in the league just put him on a team that plays excellent defense with another shot creator and that's kind of how they've made it but without him there it's uh tough sledding for sure i don't i don't know how they get past this miami series if Giannis can't go just be real with you yeah this series i think um this is going to sound crazy, but I think Milwaukee can afford to sit Giannis for one more game. Because Miami is actually not great, right? Like, we, we we know they're not a great team. And Giannis, if Giannis is out there, Milwaukee will end up winning the games. But that also then potentially puts you in a very bad situation where you might be down 3-1 and asking Giannis to come back and backpack the team, not even being full, like, healthy because I'm not going to say fully healthy because nobody is at this point. You're right. But I'm saying healthy to the point of being able to be playoff Giannis right now. Yeah. So I don't know what they do. I'd be honest with you. If Giannis is not healthy, I'm not playing him. Like if he's not at that level of health that we expect, I'm, this season can go bye-bye. Because guess yeah. what? We need to figure out a way to get Drew Holiday out of here and get somebody younger and better that can put up more buckets consistently for us. Drew Holiday is great with the with the defense for sure. I love what he's actually done in, for the community and stuff as a as just on a personal level stuff that he's done outside of basketball. Love the guy. Root for nothing but good for him. But at this point, he's leaning more towards the wash category than he is looking like a, a quality player for you because he can't do it night to night. He's too old. So you got to replace him. Like you said, Milton is a glorified number two. You have to find somebody else. Even if they're a Jalen Brunson level player, right, that you bring him in and he can at least get you some buckets and bring you some explosion night tonight. But there's always going to at least be this level of consistency on offense with him, right? He can get up here, but he's always at least going to be here for you. They need somebody like that because putting it all on Giannis is what is – why they're in this situation and where they're down in this series into where I do not truthfully know if they have any chance of winning this game today. Cause dog Miami plays good at home. Yeah. So how are you going to win? How are you going to win this game? Well, like so, I said, man, um, Jimmy Butler is the ultimate gamer in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you, if you're telling me Jimmy Butler has an opportunity to send a team home, I feel pretty confident that he can do it. I, I do not disagree with you. And 
you know, one thing we know about Jimmy is he loves playing the underdog cause like that whole Miami organization. They love being the underdogs. That's what they're all like. They love that. Just that mentality. Uh, it's us against the world. And if, look, one thing I will say is if Miami wins this series, Jimmy Butler is going to be insufferable for like the next year. He is going to be insufferable. Oh my God! It is going to be too- <laughs> he is going to be out there trolling all the time. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I hope that that series ends up, um, you know, playing out a little bit longer. But I'll be honest, we got to kind of wait and see because I know Giannis is out today, so we got to see what happens then for uh, Game Five. But we're not even going to waste time and talk about them frauds known as the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves because we already know what it is. With them. They, they'll, they, hey, Mace, what did they, hey, what, what's they huddle today? One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> that is, uh, that is their, that that is their mojo today for sure. So they'll be sitting, they'll be sitting home, uh, sitting home watching the playoffs with the rest of us. But, not going to waste time talking about the Celtics and Hawks either, Mace, because we both know, yeah, the Hawks were bound to win one game. It's about to be a gentleman's sweep. Yeah, they got their, they got their complimentary one. Yeah, they, they, they got that one Trey Young game in the playoffs where all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe he could be, but then all of a sudden you remember the rest of the series that he's been butt. So uh, we're not going to waste time there. We're going to get moving here and get back to Mace's mock draft. So, Mace, we did leave off at pick 10. And you know what? Mace has been, uh, you know, he's he, he's been doing pretty damn good with this mock draft. I know he's made it uh, nice and spicy for some of you people. So, Mace, why don't you pick up at who do you have going number 11? 11 here? Um, Titans, they they need some firepower. I, I went Quentin Johnson. I don't know why he's slipping. I think I think this is just some teams trying to just throw out some stuff to like hopefully he's there for them in like those upper teens, like 17, 18. But if we're being honest here, um, you can talk about his 40 time being a lot slower. You can talk about him. I, you're, you're worried about him catching the ball away from his body. Bull crap. I saw a dude that in the open field, nobody caught him. I saw a dude who can who can go get you the 50-50 ball. I don't know. I don't know what people are talking about. I got I Titans, they need, I mean, they can't lean on Derrick Henry forever. They have to be able to put the ball in the air, especially um not really having anything in place after AJ Brown was uh traded. But yeah, man, I think they go Quentin Johnson here. They have to infuse that wide receiver room with a with a deep threat, with some with some speed, and and you can throw that forty time out the window. I don't care. I ain't see nobody catch Quentin Johnson in open field ever. Yeah, man. Okay, I I I do like the pick there. Um, that is that is a very solid pick there. I went actually a different direction here. I took, I said the Titans are actually going to select Darnell Wright. 
The reason why I went with Darnell Wright is because I think Vrabel wants to take the approach of let's build this the same way that Philly did, which is build up some some big space eaters up front, and then we can figure everything else out as we're going, right? But let's get the best offensive linemen that we can. And I think at that point, you could reasonably argue that um, if the Bears, in, in you know, in my mock, I had the Bears taking Paris Johnson. If they mm-hmm. take Darnell Wright, then I have the – you know, the Titans would end up taking Paris Johnson in that situation. I believe yeah. there's my full belief. I don't think Vrabel wants to get caught in the situation trying to mess around with skill guys right now when they are honestly very unsure of their quarterback and Malik Willis. And you know, you know us, Mace, we big up the black quarterbacks right here. But what I saw from him last year was utterly disappointing. He looked absolutely lost. Just just completely, completely lost. So We'll see what happens there. Maybe he has a good offseason, right? He comes back. He, he looks like a better player. We'll see. But I think they're taking the approach of building meat and potatoes before we even go out here trying to get uh, other guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get skilled guys you. with a quarterback that we don't even know if he can get the ball to him. Yeah. Uh, but All right, Mace, who do you got going number 12 to the Houston Texans? Here is where I have Anthony Richardson. Um I honestly believe he he he's not going in the top ten. Um, I think if Houston if he's there for Houston at number twelve, I think they have to take a shot at him as a quarterback because ultimately Davis Mills is not the he's not the answer at the quarterback position for them. He's been better than we've all expected him to be, but um, I I. I see this being like a, a a run to the podium moment for Houston if he's there at 12. Here's where I here's where I um have the issue. I just don't think that he'll be there at 12. I think that was that was wishful thinking on your part. You're I think you forgot how much people lose their minds for quarterbacks in a draft. So that was I think that was a little wishful thinking thinking that he'll slide that far. But I do actually like where your head is at as far as them trying to go on the offensive side of the ball. But for me, here's where things get a little spicy in my draft base. I have got the Houston Texans taking B. John Robinson and trading Damian Pierce on, on about it there. And the reason why I have this happening is because, for goodness sake, he played at Texas. And, he's like, and he might actually be the best player in the draft, but he's a running back. And it's not like, oh, somebody will trade for Damian Pierce. He looked good for you guys, so somebody will trade for him. Like, just hey, take that third-round pick that you'll get for him and keep it moving, baby, and now you got a true playmaker. So right here, Mace, is where B. John Robinson actually went for me. Okay. And, yeah, to your point, I I personally believe B. John Robinson is the best player in the draft. It just sucks that he's coming out – he's coming into the draft 10 years too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's um, be real here. Ten years ago, Bijan's going in the top three, easy. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, but uh, moving forward here, Mace to the New York Jets at number thirteen, and we're gonna stay with it being the Jets because it looks like they have pretty much told the Packers, "You can kiss our cheeks. We're not giving you this year's picks for Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. We'll give you next year, the year after. We're not giving you this year." We're not playing that game. So, Mace, who do you got the uh, the New York Jets picking 
I have them going Paris Johnson right here. Um, they need another. They need another tackle opposite uh, Makai Becton, and um, like you said, um, we don't know what their quarterback situ- situation is going to be. We know they have some. We know they have a playmaker in Garrett Wilson. Um, I think they go with another tackle here, like because if they're stuck, if they're stuck with at their quarterback position as is, the best thing you can do for him is keep him on his feet. So here is where I I went a different player than you again here. And I personally believe that Robert Sala is looking at his roster and he's saying, what would give me the most bang for my, my buck here? I understand what you're saying with tackle, but I think that offensive line is already good enough. I don't think they need to use more capital there. Mining saying that Beckton is going to come back healthy, right? Obviously, we're assuming he's going to be back healthy. So he's going to say to himself, what can I do here? I think this is where Joey Porter Jr. ends up getting drafted. And I'm going to say why? Because they're going to look at that defense and say, we've got guys up front. We've got guys that are decent enough at linebacker. If we have two corners that can come out here and shut it down and make it hard, it's going to make everybody up front's job a little bit easier. So I think this is where Joey Porter Jr. is going. I think a lot of people will be very disappointed because he was a couple of picks away from going to the Steelers in my in my draft, but I just think the Jets cannot pass up on another corner of this quality to pair with Sauce Gardner. So Mace, at number 14, what do you got the New England Patriots selecting? I have been going Lucas Van Ness, um, defensive end out of Iowa. Um, I don't really think this pick will pan out, but we know Belichick can't really draft in the first round. <laughs> so this is kind of like the perfect – like he'll be a solid player for them, but I don't think he will be the splash player splash that they need but hey like i said belichick's not he's not the greatest drafter let's be real here um i think this is like right up their alley for the type of player that uh belichick likes but um i don't see him being great but he'll be good for him I'll be honest with you, this was probably the hardest pick for me to figure out. And eventually I just was like, well, who do I think is the best guy left on my board? Oh, okay. I think the Patriots are going to take Devin with his room at the time. So, because I, I just don't. Bill, Bell, like you said, he he thinks with his first rounder. So, who knows what he's going to do? Like, you may be right. <laughs> they may even trade this pick away. Who knows? Now, like, yeah. I just, I really don't know. That, that one's a crapshoot to me. <laughs> but moving forward here, uh, the Green Bay Packers picking at 15. Who do you got them taking, Mace? I have Dalton Kincaid. Um, I think he's truly the best tight end in this draft. I think he has the highest ceiling. Highest ceiling. Um, he's he's a, a deep threat at the tight end spot. And um, 
like like we said before, I said this going into it all along. Um, what's the you're the best friend for a young quarterback is having a tight end that can get open, and Kincaid can get open. I mean, you look at it, you just turn on his UFC ta- uh, USC tape, sixteen targets, sixteen catches, like hundred and sixty something yards. He he toasted them boys. Yeah, uh, this pick I 100% agree with you. This was where I had Kincaid going too. It's amazing that he'll probably fall to this spot because he may actually be a better player than some of the guys that you know we have on the board ahead of him, just based off of where these teams are probably going to pick him. Uh, so I'm going to agree with you there. Washington Commanders coming in at pick 16. Mace, who you got them taking? I have Jackson Jackson Smith. I don't, I, man, I'm about to say tear it. his. Say it. Najigba? Najigba? <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, man, um, I, 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 I want to be able to say his name right, but Nijabe. at the same time. Najabe? Najabe? Najabe, bruh. Look at, look at how it's spelled. It's Njabe. It's Njabe. Uh, hey, bro. Njabe. The, the in the way in that in the phonetics of how that's spelled, the I is going to be like silent there that you're seeing. So it's in Jai Jai Bay. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, it makes it makes sense. Anyways, I have him going here just because I feel like they want to um, load the clip per se for um, for Sam Howell because I mean they've. For whatever reason, decided that Lamar Jackson's not the quarterback for them. So, give your guy, give your guy some weapons. Give Eric Bieniemy another target. Because I mean, we just, scary Terry's there. Um, Jahan Dotson, I think he'll have a better season two. And just, just give him another weapon. Why not? So, I. I went the other way on this. I feel like they're going to have confidence that their offense can be better because they already have people on that side of the ball that are, you know, at least decent, right? So I here here's where and I'm gonna let you know now. For me, here's where a run on corner starts. I have them taking Emmanuel Forbes here, and that's where it kicks in my mind, it run on some DBs here. So Washington starts this off taking Emmanuel Forbes. So Mace, who do you got going 17 to Pittsburgh Steelers? Mr. Joey Porter Jr. I think it's clear that the Steelers have to go with their secondary. And I think he will be there at 17 for him. And that's going to be our feel good first round draft pick man um i think he's gonna be there for him okay okay yeah for me again i think they go another corner this is where i had deontay banks going i think he ends up being the corner for them and they keep it moving because like you said they have to go secondary this secondary (laughs) is terrible so i think that's where they end up going all right mace at 18. Who do you got the Detroit Lions, the 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 fighting football team in Detroit? Mace, our squad up there. I have them um sticking the man with the here. I have them going uh Brian Breesy, uh defensive tackle from Clemson. Um it's very clear that they have to get 
Hutchinson some 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 clear help on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. So why not load up right there? Yep, I agree. This is where I had Mr. Brees going because we have the same mentality, which is, hey, you got to give Aiden Hutchinson some help on the inside because you already got a guy on the outside that can uh, potentially make things happen for you too. He came on very late in the year for them. So moving forward here to the Tampa Bay Bucks, Mace, who do you got the Bucks taking? Have them taking Darnell Wright. Um, like I said, this is another situation where a team is bringing in a young quarterback. The best way to help him is to keep him on his feet. Um, I think he goes – if he's there for them, I think it's a no-brainer. And then uh, for me, honestly, this was like a – I'm going to just have some fun because I don't know where they're going either. I was like, whatever, bro. I, I don't know what they're doing. Side tab, I'm taking Brian Branch here. I think that's going to be the best player for them. I think they're looking at that secondary and saying some of these dudes is getting old and some of y'all dudes can't stay healthy, so we need to figure out something here. Uh, and I think that's where they go as far as the way that their secondary is currently laid out. Now, Mace, the last pick will be going over here, and if you guys want the rest of Mace's – uh, mock draft, you are going to have to tune in to us on our live stream of round one of the NFL draft. We will be doing that Thursday. The draft starts at, I believe, 7 o'clock Central. We will be going live at 6.30 Central. So, that being said, Mace, who is the last pick that you are giving them today going to the Seattle Seahawks at number 20? I have by uh, Will McDonald the fourth. Um, again, another team that's that they can benefit from just adding to their uh, defensive line. Um, That's, that's their, to me, that is Seattle's biggest weakness was their front seven in particular, their front four or whatever defense they just front, they decide to deploy, um, get them another pass rush. It, I just don't, I, 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 Will McDonald is a very solid player. Um, I think he's he would be he would benefit from them having better players around. So, like I said, I just feel like stick with the defensive line and get you a pass rush out there. Well, I uh, I like where your head's at, but I went with a different pass rusher. I believe this is where Nolan Smith goes. I believe this is where they say, well, wait a minute. He fell all the way here with all that athleticism. Might as well give him a try. And I think this is where Seattle goes and gets their pass rusher because, you know, I, we, we both have them going a little bit different in the, in the earlier pick in the draft there. So we will see what happens. But, yes, Mace, tell the people where to find you. You know, man, find me at uh, Twitter, funky underscore stuff 9 Hit me up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash swaggy mace. You know, I'm always around doing something cool. Hit me up. Mr. Low Elo, tell the people where to find you. Twitch, Low Elo Janitor. YouTube, Low Elo Janitor. Yeah. You see, you, yeah, you thought I forgot. <laughs> 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 
at Justin the Man everywhere. <laughs> you can see my pretty face with the ITC logo. Just remember to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, share, hit the notification bell. So every time we drop new content, that you are made aware of it. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you again coming through for another resounding episode of your favorite weekly sports show, and that is ITC Sports, sports Ball. Ball.